Welcome to Rocket Ship, the podcast where web developers learn the skills and secrets to ship awesome mobile apps. I'm Simon Grimm, creator of Galaxies.dev, and today with me is Hosna. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is one of the cases where, where Hosna was, I wouldn't say a fan, but you left some comments under my videos. And in exchange, I checked out because Hosna is not only a software developer herself, um, she's also having a pretty, I would actually say, a successful YouTube channel because you're close to uh, 2K subscribers and you also had very, I'm, I'm almost jealous, very successful videos in the past about uh, Next.js development. I think you're close to, yeah, the one video has close to 30K views, uh, one has close to 20K views. So yeah, uh, tell us a bit about what you're doing, Hosna. Yeah, for sure. By the way, I did not expect any of those <laughs> to get the <laughs> amount of response that they have. Um, uh, yeah, so I actually came across the Next.js framework at the beginning of this year, um, trying to, I, I left the industry just trying to travel and explore more about like web dev and mobile dev. And uh, because I came from more of a hardware background, I have a background uh, of a bachelor's in computer engineering. So oh, I started more in the hardware realm. Yeah, so I tried to transition. I like software, so I wanted to get more into software. Um, and my ma my last role was uh, I was a full stack developer for. But I transitioned. I was working at a startup, so with startups, you know, you wear like multiple different hats. Yeah. Um, and I was using mostly like HTML, and then transitioned into React, but didn't really use any framework. So when I saw Next.js, I'm like, oh, let me check this out, and I fell in love with it. Um, but I was using initially the app directory, so it was in beta testing, and I noticed mm -hmm. that there wasn't that much content on that specific realm of that. And um, yeah, I just I, I know a lot of people like portfolio uh, websites <laughs> and videos on that content, but I noticed there wasn't the type of video that had it from beginning to end the process of creating something from scratch and then also deploying it, which I know a lot of developers yeah. struggle with because I personally struggled with it. Yeah. And then came across Vercel and then, you know, just wanted to share my experience with that and my, my love for them <laughs> that I got uh, from using them. Yeah, well, I want to get get into the the hardware thing again. But one question I had right here is, I watched a few of your videos, and I think you had about seven iterations of your portfolio page, but I couldn't <laughs> find any live live version. Like, is is there a point where you want to put it out? <laughs> yeah, so I had it public, but I I'm just so indecisive <laughs> with those stuff. I create like different versions of the same thing. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll, just for you, I'll put it public again. Oh, perfect. <laughs> but, We're going to uh, put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I like tag them and make sure I have like archives of them. But, um, I wanted to just go, I have just one page right now. I don't want to do multiple pages. I know that a lot of founders, like I think Paul Graham, the, I think the founder of like Y Combinator mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. <laughs> those things, they just have one simple page, you know, yeah. they don't make it that difficult, that complicated. I know uh, UI and UX is important. I see a lot of awesome portfolio websites that people um, make. And I've seen people use my template, which I'm like happy to see. It like feel, feels good, you know, um, to, to help people like that. But I think I realized over the time the importance of uh, like the content rather than like the quality, right? Like what are you showing? Uh, the importance of not showing too much information or overwhelming your user um, and stuff like that. So I'm just, I'm still learning. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, can, 
I can see the progression in your videos already. Like the first video, you, you kind of went a little, like a little shy. Like this is not bad because if I look at my stuff, it's horrible, the, the first videos. Uh, but now six months later, you have a new microphone, you have a better background, you, you're doing some editing in your latest videos, like why I switched to mobile dev, you're referencing other videos. And I can already see how you progress and learn. Like this is this is just awesome to see. And also just the fact that you immediately took action after seeing, okay, nobody's really doing Next.js content and I really like this, so let's just do something. Um, this just shows like some people just have these creator genes or something. And I've seen from your uh, link tree or whatever it's called, uh, you're also active on uh, Substack. So you like having a little <laughs> uh, private blog. Is, is that right? Are you still doing that? Or was that just one other idea you had? Yeah, yeah, with me, I feel like I, I have a lot of different uh, passions. I feel like I'm ambitious. <laughs> I try a lot of different things. The thing that I struggle with um, is like consistency, mm -hmm. just trying to be consistent with, with one thing. I was talking to Hassan, um, which is, who was a, who is a uh, what's it called, DevRel advocate, I believe, at Vercel. Um, okay. And he, he was struggling with the same thing uh, about like trying to uh, stick with one project, you know, once you start building something, you either like get stuck somewhere or you get tired of it. So you want to do something else and then you end up not finishing that project. Um, with the Substack, I, I wanted to try to write uh, every day. So I did that, I think, for like about 30 days. Um, and then I think I sort of got a little bit of imposter syndrome, not thinking like my writing is the greatest. I, I it was just like 30 minutes. I don't know what I'm, you know, I'll just write whatever. I won't edit it that much because I think we sometimes get in that zone of like overthinking yeah. and thinking like something isn't good or not good enough. And then you end up not releasing it. But then these past few months, I, I noticed like the importance of just build in public. I know a lot of people say it um, and you might feel like scared to share what you have. It might not be like perfect, but that's the, like the most perfect opportunity to get feedback from people um and and just grow like like you said see that progression see that growth like those first few videos i'm like you know what i'm just gonna try my best i'm not gonna spend too much time however many hours i need to to get something out to get it good enough because if you get if you keep thinking oh it has to be perfect it has to be perfect then you're never gonna release it um so just like accepting it and just moving on and, and just learning yeah. from it yeah i love that i think this whole movement of built in public it was great and then somewhere along the way the wrong people jumped on it so i've been following the whole indie hacker stuff for years mm. and i always tried to build stuff and um yeah the, the built in public thing became public and everyone was sharing revenue numbers or whatnot but at some point it just became like a marketing strategy for most people they just wanted to push their product from day one and I don't know how, but I can somehow feel it in some tweets that people put out or like the whole threads they do. Like, here are 10 tips about building something. Like, everyone's just doing this to get Twitter followers, let's be honest. And um, your story is different because you are actually just learning this and sharing this honestly. So uh, I think you came back to the roots of the actual uh, built in public. <laughs> and, and I think that's great. And uh, I love that. Yeah, you have that in your YouTube video. Stop overthinking, start creating, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I feel I know what you mean about that. And I've been ex I experienced that too. Like there's an overwhelming, uh, sometimes there's a, just a lot of content. And like, how do you filter that? Right? Like I have a, I follow a lot of people on Twitter, but I tried to now I'm trying to like go back and see like, which ones the sources that I really learned something from. Um, or either because like you said, sometimes it's just repetitive, you know, they're just re posting the same exact stuff 
over and over again the revenue it like makes you feel bad about the stuff that you're working on because you're like oh yeah. i'm not even making but like, sometimes the stories are good you know to see their growth and their progression but I, I get what you mean to get the followers and the stuff but i think it's important to think about the authentic side right um there's something that i heard like a quote saying that um there's always someone that n knows something less than you uh, but there's always you're there, you're always in a position where you know to share and learn your experience. Even though you're like, oh, what do I know? I don't know anything. But you always know something, you know, maybe that someone else doesn't, or and someone else probably knows something that you don't. So it's like this weird thing of like just sharing your information, sharing whatever you're learning. I think that that's important. Yeah, I agree. And and there's a recommendation as well: clean your Twitter followers from time to time. It really helps to clear, <laughs> yeah. clear up your timeline. Um, just this this morning, or basically every day, I have at least one person who's putting up a, a screenshot of like 10 Stripe transaction and saying, oh, waking up to this is so great. And they always have like 50 likes or even more. And I'm like, oh, come on, this is so getting so boring. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Why do you have to put that up? Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so you, you came from uh, hardware uh software no, not software development hardware development background what, what did you work on first like did you have a job in that industry yeah i had a job for a little while so um i was an embedded systems engineer uh oh, for a little bit at a startup at a vertical or like an agricultural tech startup so it was indoor farming um and we were working on a system like a water management system that are you allowed really to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> well, I had a very interesting experience at, at that job, but um, as you know, like most startups don't really succeed. And mm -hmm. I think in the beginning there was a little bit of a like a high, like a honeymoon stage of working at a startup because it's just so. Fa I came from a uh, what's it called military and aerospace defense company before I was working as a software engineer. Um, but that was like such slow pace. It was a large corporation. So you, you just felt like another cog in the machine. There wasn't that much diversity. I was like the youngest person on the team. And oh, crazy. Um, yeah, so I transitioned into a startup. I got that um, position through like a post someone, someone in my network posted. And I reached out and they, I got an interview really quickly. And the process was really weird because it just happened so fast. Like I got a, I got an interview and the, like the next two days I got an offer <laughs> and I've never experienced and I didn't go through HR or anything. I was t just talking directly to the engineer that I would be working with. Um, so and I talked to the CEO and the CTO before like getting in. So that was a whole that was an interesting experience. I never experienced that before. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I was working on hardware stuff. More like IoT, like Raspberry Pi and, uh, and oh, cool. uh, Arduinos and stuff and integrating it with a real-time database um, and just getting information from the water that the plants were being fed mm -hmm. and seeing what was in it to improve the yield of the, of the vegetables that they were growing. Um, oh, that's but, interesting. Yeah. But then you decided, let's, let's go for software development instead. And how, how did you transition? Did you do like a boot camp or are you self-taught? Uh, so in schools, uh, I did, I learned half like electrical engineering and half computer science. So like I, I and I took, uh, I, I did robotics and uh, stuff in uh, earlier, like in high school and stuff. Um, so I was familiar, I, I knew Java, but uh, my first job, I, I learned Python. So from there I had experience from that. I, I, 
Uh, when I was younger, I made my own <laughs> portfolio website from scratch, but using HTML and CSS, but it, it was continues. terrible. It was not good. <laughs> I took, yeah, I took like a, some college course for that or something and just use whatever they were doing. But it wasn't there, like compared to what, how much content there is now, it's like over, it's like, it's crazy. It's, oh, yeah. it's cool to see the progression, to see like where you started and where you are right now. Um, but yeah, from that position, embedded systems, uh, the product was like fully, we were almost done building the product. They needed someone to uh, fill the role of a more software side. There was a contractor that was already working on it, but they wanted someone else from the team to work with him on it. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, I, ha I know a little bit of HTML, CSS. I want to learn this stuff. So I'm more than happy to switch my position or, or, or learn full stack. So that's how I got the opportunity to do that. And did you did you pretty quickly get into touch with React or like yeah, I know yeah. because I in, in, Germ React. <laughs> in, in, in Germany in Germany like right the in. first <laughs> the first thing I learned here is Angular and I know that Angular is still uh, very commonly used in Germany because it's like an enterprise language at this point or an enterprise framework uh, and React was always like the Bay Area and everyone there is using React and it just yeah, continue to dominate the world from there. So I guess you were just at the epicentrum of getting in touch with React early. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky. Because <laughs> now looking at <laughs> Angular, I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to. It's like you, it's you can't learn everything, you know. I think if you yeah. start like, I'm gonna learn this, I'm gonna learn that, I'm gonna learn this, you know, you then you fell into the trap of not building things. I think the I think I learned over the t over the time of my experience like the importance of. Uh, what you're building, what problem are you solving? I think not really focusing too much on the, the tech stack that you're using. I get that asked a lot. Um, like, what tech stack are you using? Why, are you, why aren't you using this rather than that? And I'm just going based off of like what I already know. If I see a tech stack that or, or something new, a new tech that, that can improve whatever I'm already currently working on or that's better, then I will maybe I'll transition into it and try to learn it and see what's what's the benefits and outweigh it. But there's always like you have to think about time as well. How much time are you spending learning yeah. this? You know, what's the learning curve? Because um, that's something that you have to take into account, I think, because uh, going back to, you know, just waiting until like, getting it perfect. You have to get it perfect. No, I don't think there's such a no. thing as that. You know, it's just uh, the, like <laughs> build something, you know, uh, I think that's the most important thing. Any developer that wants to get into the space or someone that's in a boot camp, uh, just start building things. I tell that to everybody. They're like, oh, how can I get a job? How can I build my portfolio? Um, you just build it, you know, just watch uh, like great content like yours uh, or anybody else. <laughs> or, or yours. <laughs> or mine, self-plug uh, self it. <laughs> but um, no, but anything, you know, find templates, play around, change whatever you want and with it. Whenever you join a company, you're not, most of the time you don't build something from scratch. Something already exists. Show them that you're able to understand um, a repo or whatever um, and be able to manipulate it, understand like how the data is flowing and how, do, how everything works, you know? Because every, everybody has their own system. Every company has their own um, way of coding. So like how quickly you could pick that up, I think is valuable. Yeah, it's it's just hearing you talk about it. It's such a long way for beginners. Um, yeah. So I've been coding for, I don't know, at least like 15 years and stuff. So everything, I just see something, I try it, and it just naturally, it just fits into this picture. Like, you know what an API is, you know what JSON is, you know how to make something with a command line or whatnot. But if you're getting into this, 
everything is just new. Like, what's a framework? How do I host something? How do I connect a database? What is actually a database? And which yeah. is the best? And like all these things. And then you, you talk about Git and uh, getting into GitHub yeah. and uh, how that stuff works. Like, that's another game. Uh, so it's it's really daunting to to beginners. I I'm, I'm kind of happy like to be in this position to know about stuff. But coming back to what you said in the beginning. There's always someone who knows more than you and a bit less than you. And to be honest, so I've been doing Ionic, Angular, web content for five, seven years. And just last year, I transitioned actually to React. And I, I tried React. I actually had a video five years ago where I said React is the next big thing. To be honest, that was the most popular video on my channel. I don't wow. know why I didn't continue with React Native. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I still feel like there's still like not enough about react native because i put out a few videos mm. especially about yeah. expo router because i got started and decided that expo is the way to go and the first thing uh great example i looked at the documentation and that was like okay getting started with react native you can either use the react native cli or expo mm -hmm. i'm like okay what do i pick i have no idea And mm -hmm. so I created a video about should you use Expo or React Native? Um, and that's like my one most watched videos uh, over the last weeks. And um, everyone's just finding me now for React Native stuff. Although I've just been doing React and Expo for half a year maybe at this point. Um, so everyone can share just like you did with, with your Next.js application. And um, you see you have big success with like 30,000 views. That's not like not everyone gets a video like that. So yeah. um, you've been doing web development then uh, with React and uh, you picked up Next.js. Um, but at some point you decided that web is not enough and <laughs> you need to go native. <laughs> uh, tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah, so and that's how I came across your content through your React Native stuff. Um, <laughs> And, and that's what I noticed too, because I think as a content creator, you could see like what's missing, what, what kind of content people are creating and what content does, doesn't exist pretty quickly. Um, I think uh, Ben Awad, I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with him. He's also a YouTuber and he was talking about there isn't that much content uh, about uh, like more advanced or intermediate developers. Most of the content is usually based on for beginners. Um, and the, the intermediate stuff is more like really, really technical for specific situations. So anybody who could fill that intermediate or try to, you know, um, that, that, that sort of content will probably hit the gold mine, but I think some people are doing it. Some people, um, are, you know, a little bit on the, f it's hard. Creating content is it, hard. It, it, it gets <laughs> less clicks to be honest. Like yeah, do a video on how to build a login with react and you get 50,000 views, do a video on how to implement OAuth with your custom, whatever provider and yet like 500 views. It's just, if you're about views and YouTube, you're about, yeah. that stuff just isn't working. But of course, um, Yeah, there are other strategies to create a living with, with that kind of content. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you're 100% right on that too, right? Um, but uh, there are, though, a lot of people, I, I know we wanted to talk about React Native, but going back to Next.js, no there there's a, a lot more people that are coming out with like hours, like full, 
uh, tutorials of beginning oh, yeah. to end, you know, like I think JS Mastery, I believe yeah, that's the channel. Yeah, Web Dev Simplified and JS Mastery, yes. yeah. Web Dev Simplified has always been out there. Uh, well, I think Cody is his name. Uh, what he's been doing with that channel has been great, you know, great resources. I think another one, Code with Antonio, he's been like recently joined. Oh, yeah, I've just he's... come across his last week and decided that I, okay, quick note about Code with Antonio. I, I don't know him personally. But he's definitely killing it. He has eight videos and I think he has 60,000 subscribers. Eight videos in six months. Eight videos again. I have close to, I, I have, I have close year. to 600 videos <laughs> and I'm at 50, 55,000 uh, subscribers after, I don't know, seven years. So it was because of Antonio that last week I decided, okay, Simon, reduce the quantity improve the quality so quality, i'm now working yeah. on a on a huge delivery food delivery clone with react native and covering all the screens and uh planning a four four hour video so yeah oh uh, my god that's awesome. okay i can't wait for that <laughs> <laughs> no but see that's what i'm saying like that sort of content right like you think that oh maybe it's not gonna do well but look how quickly he blew up and i reached mm -hmm. out to him like hey dude like the content that you're creating is awesome it's amazing you know keep doing what you're doing um, but like, I'm sure he take, he puts in hours of work into doing that. You know, um, I think it's, it's hard to just code, like make a video like that. I think there's a lot of prep involved. I think you have to yeah. create the project first yeah. before it's hard to, you know, you see a lot of people that are just doing it live or like, and that's a little bit, it's like, you don't want to watch a whole entire video and watch also the the errors that they're coming into. You want to see it like actually doing it and it works for you exactly like that, you know? Um, yeah, so one who's killing it live is, is Papa React. Uh, he's doing like Sonny, Sonny, what's his name? Sonny yeah, Sonny, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been killing it with live streams as well, but I know he's preparing that stuff up front. He has an employee and so the stuff, mm. yeah, of course he's doing it live and I'm doing the same. I prepare my stuff up front because I don't want to, go totally blank on this i mean some people might have that ability but um others are i guess preparing it also a shout out to another channel that i've been uh, checking out which is code with beto um yes, he's doing yes, some soon. Beto, yeah. <laughs> he's invited to the podcast as well i think he will oh, come along awesome. yeah. soon um he's also doing the same like he's doing i think react native mostly now um yeah, and he's also growing fast and because Expo, it's great yeah yeah so shout out to all those uh, epic creators. Uh, if you can do something, it's it's great. Uh, but coming back to your transition yes. <laughs> from, uh, from Next.js to um, to React Native. So you, you started building seven portfolio pages with Next.js and then you uh, tried building some sort of uh, soccer mobile application. Uh, maybe, maybe talk about that first. Like what was the first plan for that application? Yeah, definitely. So it started out as a web app. Uh, I named it like Sports Table IO. I've been working on it since last year. Uh, the concept was I noticed it's hard to watch. I just want to watch sports highlights, you know, just highlights all in one place, just a repository of YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. um, it's just using the YouTube API and finding the specific channels. I know on YouTube you could go find whatever highlight that you want to watch, but mm -hmm. that channel also has other videos like. Um, interviews with the players or you know other promotional videos but yeah. like I, I don't really want to watch that you know I just want to watch the highlight for the specific team that uh, I'm rooting for <laughs> or, or, or and also other teams you know maybe I want to see how they're doing but I don't have yeah. the time to sift through all the all the content um, but I, I, I tried building that 
uh, I wanted to use Python and try to automate because another thing that's challenging is like real time. How do you get the how do you get the information in real time or if there are any updates to the YouTube mm -hmm. channel, uh, new videos that are posted? How do you get that most recent information? So I, I try to like reverse engineer it. Like, what's the final product? Like, how do you get to that? Um, and that was a little bit uh, of a, a challenge. I, I tried, uh, I wanted to implement my hardware background, so I, I got a Raspberry Pi set up. I wanted to create like an automated script uh, using, I uh, uh, forgot what it's called, but there's a way to automate it using like, uh, uh, like, I forgot what it was called. <laughs> I'm blanking out right now. But there's a way to automate Python scripts to run at uh -huh. a specific time. Um, like a, like a cron wanted... job, basically. There you go, cron job. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah cron job. <laughs> I don't know why I just blanked on that. But yeah, I wanted to do that and then send it to a database and then me mm -hmm. query that information from mm -hmm. my web application. Um, but the users, or the people, family, friends that were using it, they wanted like a native app rather than a website because they don't want to go to a website. And that's why I mentioned in my most recent video, Ben Awad saying that consumers, I mean, developers want web apps and consumers want uh, mobile apps or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, that's where I transitioned into uh, React Native and um, Expo. Uh, I knew a little bit of it because for the last few months I've been working on like a freelance project that the client wanted an app and I was like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to go learn yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's perfect, like getting paid to learn. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just letting you know, like I understand what I need to do, right? I think the fundamentals is important as long as you know, like you said, like the fundamentals of building a website, I think it's not that hard to learn a new language of framework unless you, I mean, it takes time, but I think from going from React to React Native was pretty smooth. It's basically, I think it's the same thing, the, com, uh, the components-based structure. Um, but like you mentioned, when, once you go to that React Native documentation, they recommend you Expo mm -hmm. or React Native. And I didn't know what Expo was. So I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. let me look up what Expo is. Uh, and then that's how I learned about Expo. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to use that instead of React Native because uh, React Native is a little bit more yeah. jungle. I don't know how to <laughs> describe yeah. it cluttered. And Ex Expo was just so natural, so easy to learn quickly, fast, and, and build and deploy. And um, the documentation is really, really good. And I, right now, I believe Evan Bacon is working mm -hmm. on uh, the Expo router. So it's very yeah. similar to the Next.js app router so like everything is like connecting um right now if you're trying to learn these uh, frameworks and stuff so i highly yeah. recommend checking it out <laughs> yeah i've been enjoying expo as well uh, so when i got into it i was also like trying out expo and i'm like huh this is super easy like is there any downside to using expo so that also led me to creating this video because when you look it up you're going to find stuff from a few years ago there was something called, I think, Expo Eject. Basically, when you want to rip out Expo of your React Native project to go like your own custom native project and do stuff, um, that was painful. And I actually, I think I tried this back then as well because the docs, some like you get a lot of outdated stuff. And at some point, I noticed, okay, yeah. this is not a thing anymore. There's no Expo pre-built, and mm. then I got into different stuff. Well, you can have local modules, and you can have a dev client and a custom build, and like at some point the picture slowly, like it's a puzzle of different pieces that's come together. I don't know if Expo could do a better job on it. It's a bit complicated because then they also have like the EAS, the Expo mm. application services. And do you feel like, do I have to build with that? Actually, no, you can't all, you can also do it locally. It's not too hard. Um, so 
I can, I can, I mean, I can understand that it's challenging to get into this, but if you use it, and from what I re heard, people just like everyone's recommending to to use it today. I asked this on Twitter, and everyone like ninety five percent said, yeah, just just use Expo if you start a new application. And yeah, Expo Expo Router is an interesting thing uh, because I exactly asked the basically the same question: Should I use React Native uh, Navigation or Expo Router for my new app? And the answers are mixed because React Navigation is like the tested thing that everyone means using. And now React Router is around. I mean, React Router version 2 looks pretty awesome. Like there's TypeScript support and uh, all, all kinds of cool stuff built into it. Uh, and if you ask Evan, he will just say, yeah, under the hood, we're still using Expo, like React Navigation. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I understand that, but I still need to change my whole file system and everything. So yeah, yeah Expo Router, I don't know. If, if it, what's your thought on, on Expo Router? Yeah, so yeah, I had a, lo yeah, a lot of things to say <laughs> about what, <laughs> what you were just talking about right now. Um, so... I, I think with anything, right, any technology that's uh, being worked on or that's new, uh, I think people that are initially using it, right, they're like early adopters, right? So mm -hmm. you're signing yeah. up sort of for that, um, uh, you know, expectation that things are, are like changing all the time and it's like up to you to stay on top of it, right? Like updating your, your packages or if anything changes, making sure that you have the most up-to-date versions because as soon as something new came out and you upload it and you forget to, you know, up update anything on your package.json, right? Everything can get screwed up really fast, you know? And yeah. I, like I've had a lot of situations where I didn't install the correct version of Expo, like, uh, like the mm -hmm. re most recent Expo 49 came out. Um, I had 48, so some stuff wasn't working. Oh, yeah. Or I had to wait until the newest one came out. I was having issues, and I was asking Evan. Uh, I, I ask him all the time for questions, <laughs> and, and very responsive. Sometimes I feel guilty, like I'm asking you too much. <laughs> but like, you know, if he doesn't want me to ask, he'll tell me. But um, uh, uh, but he's like, yeah, just wait until the newest one comes out, uh, the newest version of Expo, upgrade, and everything should be stable. Like you said, right now, I think if you want something more stable, something more that you know like has been tested, then I would say stick with React Navigation. Um, if you're more like open to like using the newest stuff and you're okay with it, maybe potentially breaking or like waiting until the newest fix or patch gets pushed, then mm -hmm. I would recommend Router. But Router has been because that's the one issue like routing in apps is gets like very cumbersome and it's very annoying to keep track of and like making sure what is in what stack what if i need to reference a different stack um outside of my current stack how do you do that and that's like maybe some things that you come across um if you're using a lot of different pages and then also dynamic routing which like the router is like mm -hmm. really the newest router is great at my in my opinion and the structure like every you don't have to have a bunch of <clears throat> excuse me bunch of different folders for navigators or screens yeah. everything is just in one folder so it's just very easy to navigate and know where to find things whereas it might take a long a while depending on how you structure your react native um or react na navigation project or using that um, it might be more tedious, but like uh, the uh, the initial place where I started mobile development, I, I initially learned uh, a Swift UI. Mm -hmm. I built an iOS, native iOS app, and that's another oh, cool. topic. Should I bid, build natively or should I use a cross-platform framework, what, which a lot of people ask, you know? Um, uh, for me, I just, I'm in love with cross-platform. Like, it, it, like you, what, what's the end goal? You want to get your product to as many users as possible, right? So if you just exclude yeah. a whole bunch of users on a different 
um, device, like, I think that hinders your growth. So I think looking into cross-platform stuff is very important. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, people are asking this all the time, like, what's what's the best uh, framework? Like, what's the best? Um, we had this in the beginning, our discussion with the different technology sticks that are around. And I think you pretty much 90% of the people can just use whatever they want. Like, those projects are not going to be on the scale of Meta or whatever, Twitter or X. Um, so it doesn't really matter. You can build cool stuff with pretty much all those frameworks. Like I've been using Cordova and Capacita in the past and uh, with Ionic. So that's an UI framework. It's just you, you can't tell that these applications are not native. I mean, I don't want to talk about what means native. That's a whole uh -huh. other debate. <laughs> um, but yeah, React Native is cool. I also tried Flutter and then suddenly people come out like, oh, there's also in the .NET world, we have Maui and then somebody else has another framework. <laughs> like There are solutions now everywhere. And of course, if you have the time and money, yeah, then go for native iOS. I mean, by the way, Swift is a great language. I really like Swift and I've been a native Swift developer before, but... Um, I'm also completely sold on cross-platform uh, and I won't yeah, look back. Yeah, 100%. So um, I know you're working on a project that you renamed, I think, to Goalazos. Do I say that right? Goalazos, yeah, yeah. So in Spanish, Golazo is like a spectacular goal someone made. Oh, nice. So I wanted um, something in that realm, but Golazo was taken as a domain. So I tried to do Golazos. So we'll see. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I'm currently working on that. I'm trying to do more uh, women's sports specific because mm -hmm. there, there's not that many platforms that um, push a women's uh, content, sports yeah. content. Um, so right now the Women's World Cup is happening. I've been watching it at three o'clock in the morning almost every day, <laughs> uh, trying to keep up with it because of the different time zones. But um, yeah, I'm like there are applications like the Fox app, who is like hosting or broadcasting the World mm -hmm. Cup. They have, uh, they're keeping like up to date information and highlights on their app, but um, it's cluttered. Like I said, they have a bunch of different tabs and they have other stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. And they're not really promoting, I guess, as much the women's sport. So I just wanted to create an application and eventually also a web app that is also both web and mobile um, of just uh, women's sports platforms to like go from soccer, or, like basketball and um, tennis. I know those are pretty big. So trying to do that. Yeah, I think there's definitely a market because the and you just I, I thought this afternoon when you posted something about like investors jumping on this. Um, there's a lot more money now flowing into every uh, women's sports league. And I think, yeah, just the, the soccer World Cup is super interesting. Also, I, I don't know if there's been an application, but I know that, for example, there was this, I don't know if you know, if you're in, into bikes, like the Tour de France is a very special bike race here in Europe, uh, like the cycling stuff. And they oh, had okay. also like yeah, they yeah. had a, their own application where like every day there was the winner and stuff. And I, oh. I don't know, like, is there an application for the Women's World Cup like that? that at least for the next one, you could definitely build that one. Like, yeah. I want to see the teams. I want to see the groups. I want to see the standings. Like, I want to see all of that in one app. Uh, it's not very, not, not uncommon for these tournaments to have their own app. So uh, you should definitely prepare for that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely prepared a little bit too late. <laughs> I think I've been, 
Um, I was like, I'm going to build this in two weeks right before it starts. So I think, yeah, <laughs> a little bit ambitious. Um, I, right now, I pushed it to app review, at least for the iOS store. I'm waiting to get, and that's another, that's another thing with mobile, though. I think, like I mentioned in my previous video on YouTube, that there's some pros and cons, right, to web and mobile dev. Uh, uh, mobile dev, there's a little bit more uh, restrictions, right? You have to meet mm -hmm. the guidelines of the iOS store or the Android store, and you have to think about, a bunch of other things um, and wait for processing. If you, whereas web dev, you could just deploy it and it's like live already yeah. Yeah, like through a few, whatever, you know? Uh, and there's no one telling you, oh, you could do this or you could do, you can't do that. Um, you have more flexibility, but that's another thing with the web or mobile. Um, so so what's been the most challenging thing for you coming from web development to mobile? Was it related to these special things about iOS and Android, or was it about routing, or probably maybe I, I assume that debugging is also uh, not something that's very easy. So, what's been your like most challenging area uh, transitioning from web to native? Um, I think, yeah, the most challenging, yeah, just coming across weird bugs that um, that no one has solved yet or you can't really find that many resources online. I know, I feel like there's not as many resources on mobile dev compared to web dev now. Uh, that's another thing that I realized. I think mobile dev, at least the content, is getting more, it's great, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit saturated though. Um, right now, and especially everybody's just using Next.js, yeah. um, which is, <laughs> which like is great, <laughs> which is awesome. And I like a lot of people are doing more project based, um, content, which is awesome. because I think that's the most, I think that fundamentals are important, but I think, uh, actually getting into it and learning it as you're doing it is even better because you get to learn quickly uh, and faster, uh, and seeing what other people are doing and learning the terminology and the verbiage. But uh, one thing that I was stuck for on for almost a month or two is universal linking in mobile apps. Mm. Like you think it's so easy, right? You're using an app and you want to share a specific screen. Um, and you, when you're using apps and they're able to do that, you're like, oh, that's so easy. And then when you're trying to build it, I'm like, oh my God, this is like <laughs> so annoying. And then Evan was explaining to me how everything is connected. It's like, you can't, you just uh, go into an app. Like, like there's this mediary, like you're going to hit the web first and then it has to yeah. redirect you into the app or if you have the app already, then you'll recognize it. I'm like, how is it doing that, you know? Um, so I think another good thing about Expo Router version two, it's supposed to solve that um, universal linking uh, problem. I've yet to <laughs> implement it yet. Uh, I'm still waiting, uh, but for the review to go through to see if it works uh, on my app, but it's, you could test it uh, using, I think the command line, I believe like using yeah. the MPX schema or something. Um, yeah, I think you can also for Android use the ADB tools um, on the oh, command okay. line to directly like open your app with a URL or something. Or I mean, you can also just create a text node in your device um, and then it will open the website and then it will open the application if you did it right. If you didn't do it right, I'm, <laughs> I've been doing stuff for deep linking as well with Capacitor and it's always been so painful to, to go through the whole setup, especially like... The, the con basically everything that happens, it's 90% that happens before you actually hit your application, like creating some kind of uh, schema file. What's it called? The app list info? No, it's yeah, for, yeah. for iOS. And then you have to upload it in your server and you need to validate it and it needs to be right. And all the IDs have to be in the right places. And then you go from dev to prod and you're like, oh no, I need to do it again. And 
yeah um, that whole process <laughs> that whole process i feel you yeah yeah it's a it's a pain definitely um so yeah, i wanted to we we talked about this quickly before the call i just want to before we wrap this up come come back to so which soccer team are you actually rooting for that's an important question <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I love soccer. Um, I think the last few years I've been for European, at least the Premier League. I love Liverpool. Um, oh. My favorite player like is Mohamed Salah. Um, that, that's how I got into Liverpool, and then I just fell in love with the team. Like Jurgen Klopp, amazing manager. I, I really like him. Um, for the women's side, there's a new women's uh, soccer team that came to Los Angeles. They're called Angel City FC. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been going to a few games to that. Uh, uh, awesome. Yeah, so it's been really great immersing myself into soccer. Um, yeah. How's, how's the soccer landscape in the United States? Is it built on this franchise system? So I know this franchise system from the NFL, but in Europe we have these leagues, like if you're bad in a year, then you drop a league or you Lit go up. Um, what's the system you have in the United States for soccer? I don't think we have a system we have a couple <laughs> leagues for the men's we have just the major league soccer they call it mls mm -hmm. um but I, i i'm not familiar with the and messi the joined, other uh, joined somewhere right i'm Did sorry messi, messi, oh, messi yeah yeah messi joined in... inter milan uh inter uh, not milan inter miami <laughs> oh yeah inter miami, miami. Yeah, right. uh, Yeah, with David Beckham, he's, I think, uh, <laughs> got him in. <laughs> But, yeah, because of Messi, like, the, the, the viewings of the MLS games are now skyrocketing. They're, like, mm. get, getting really good. So I think now it's getting more, it's getting popular. Um, but I don't know. They, they probably do have, like, lower division leagues. If And I think they, what's it called? What, relegation? Is that what it's called? I forgot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think they do have that. I think they do the, do that. But I don't think it's as... Um, uh, like talked about compared to like the different leagues in Europe, <laughs> yeah. but it's not as popular. I think it's getting popular slowly with soccer or like football, <laughs> but I mean, we can't great. say football because yeah, football yeah it, <laughs> it's, it's crazy you say soccer because yeah, football and it's played with the foot and <laughs> football yeah. is actually played mostly with your hands. <laughs> I don't know who made that <laughs> I know, um, yeah. So, <laughs> try, okay, But. so let, let's check how much background knowledge you have. Do you know the club where uh, the club where Jurgen Klopp was before Liverpool? Um, uh, isn't it? It's a BVB, right? No. Yes. Is it? it is. But I don't know what yeah. it stands for. <laughs> I it's Bor it. Borussia Dortmund. Oh, okay, so Dortmund. Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund. Dortmund I think is a city. Belling yeah. <laughs> yes, Jude Bellingham played there. Yeah. So yeah. I have a season ticket for Dortmund uh, oh, for about yeah, yeah eight awesome. years. Yeah, um, I've been going there all the time with my brother and my wife uh, until our daughter was born. And now, now she's turning five this year, and we slowly have the chance to go back there again. Um, Aww, yeah, it's a it's a pity. Nice. I don't know if you followed the German league last year. Dortmund was actually about to win. Uh, yeah, I and saw on that. the last day <laughs> we lost. Oh. And it was a hard day for we we were here celebrating basically like we made barbecue and like the the enemy wasn't really hard to play against so we were like yeah what can go wrong and then like 30 minutes in we were zero two and everyone was oh no this can't be oh true this can't be God. true like but Munich has been the champion for I don't know 10 11 years now so yeah that was our yeah. best chance but 
yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah I, I like germany they were really good i know i i know thomas Mueller, right i think yes. he was the captain <laughs> for a while i yes. remember yeah watching the that year i think when you guys won the world cup in right? brazil yeah right yeah that was insane that was a great game yeah oh yeah um, but now they're playing like yeah i don't know i think next <laughs> year or in two years there's like the european championship and it's in germany or something spread across europe and We're so bad. We're so bad. I don't know if we can at least get like oh, into the no, quarterfinal. I don't know. <laughs> no, not not really. Uh, anyway, this has been great. I got a quick question round uh, to wrap this up with you. Are you prepared for five quick questions? You're going to give me a spontaneous quick answer. I guess I don't have a choice. He didn't tell me about this. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> okay, very go. true. Okay, let's go. Quick fire round. Okay, question number one. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, my God. Uh, Star Wars. Okay, good. You, you're keeping up the chances to return to this podcast. That okay. Was right, that was the right, that was actually a wrong answer that you could have given. Okay, next question, Mac or Windows? Mac, 100%. Oh, nice. I love it. Uh, your favorite IDE? Uh, I like Visual Studio. Visual Studio Code, I assume. Yeah, Visual Studio Code, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's also Visual Studio for yes, C++. Yeah, yes, Code, <laughs> not, not Visual Studio, because it will never open on my computer. It keeps crashing. It was horrible <laughs> to set this up in the past. I got started with C++ when I was younger. It was uh, no fun, definitely. Okay, uh, the latest discovered package, library, or service uh, that you can recommend? Anything fancy you came across lately? Um... Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, not too fancy, but the most recent thing that I came across was uh, React Native uh, Glimmer or something for like loading oh. states. What is that? There's, there's so much new to figure out about React Native. Like at some point I discovered there's the React Native Blur view and I was like, huh, yeah, that is pretty epic. <laughs> or the yeah. gradient background. <laughs> so yeah. what's it called? React Native Glimmer? Glimmer or something like that. I think, uh, you know... Shimmer, shimmer, yeah, yeah, shimmer, shimmer, <laughs> shimmer, glimmer, or something like that. I'm gonna definitely um, add this to the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's for like loading states. Like if you're if you're waiting for your data to query from a database or something, you could like show uh, like placeholder stuff, and it just looks nice. I usually know this under the name skeleton views. Um, skeleton, yeah, is it, yeah, is it like that, that too. But the shimmer like, one is like nice because it. Like when you open YouTube and it shows these gray boxes, that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. yeah. I think those are, yeah, it's also called skeleton. Uh, awesome. Okay, uh, last question. Your, your latest useful purchase. Uh, this hasn't been, this doesn't have to be related to tech. It can the be tech. anything, but especially it should be useful because we all purchase so much trash. <laughs> If there's anything. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, I think whatever I purchase, I try to use it to the best of my ability. Um, What has been something? Uh, so I'm I'm going to be traveling soon. I'm also going to the World Cup this year. Uh, oh, nice. I'm going to New Zealand next week. So I got this oh, little awesome. mini um, lint roller, <laughs> travel <laughs> lint roller. <laughs> so I've been using because I have two cats, so they get hair everywhere. So they that's been very useful. <laughs> But they're not tra they're not traveling with you, I guess. No, I wish I could bring them. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if they would enjoy that. But no. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Hosna. This has been really great. Um, where can people find more about you? Where should they check you out? What do you want to plug? Uh, now you're 30 seconds to shine. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, they could uh, find me on Twitter um, at H Kasmi. Uh, my last name is a little bit uh, interesting. It's Q A S M E I. Um, as well as on, on YouTube, same thing, H Kasmi. Um, I have a website, uh, but it's just one page, like I mentioned, if they want to go check it out. And uh, GitHub, um, hostnotkasmi.com, and GitHub, same thing, H Kasmi. It's the same throughout all my platforms. but. Yeah, that's all I have. I try not to use too much social social media. <laughs> I don't have yeah. an Instagram. I don't have a <laughs> other things. Yeah, just the necessary it, stuff. I, re I read your Substack post on uh, fear of missing out. Uh, I highly <laughs> agree. I completely agree. I recently deleted the Instagram app as well because I couldn't uh, stick to it anyway. But anyway, uh, it's been great. Definitely, uh, people, everyone, make sure to follow Hosna. I've been following her YouTube channel as well. Um, I love the build. I'm really pumped about the quality you already have right now uh, with the videos and the editing you do. So uh, I'm looking forward to everything you ship over the next time. And if you want to find more about me, check out galaxies.dev, place where you can learn React Native, uh, tons of courses, and of course, check me out on YouTube. Thanks, Hosna, and hope to catch you again in the future. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.